what I want to talk about tonight is praise is one of our weapons that we rarely use and we don't understand. Sometimes you see us up here jumping, scream, scream, and we're really telling you something biblical. And um, the greatest thing is he prays before it came. But the greatest thing he knew it was coming as he was praising. And as praise opens up our faith and God re- re- actually responds to faith, he doesn't respond to need because he already knows what you're going to need. He says that in his word before you even probably know what you need, but he responds to faith. And even if you don't seem like you have it right now, you need to praise him even more because your faith grows and then you'll receive. God will move on faith when you need it. But if you don't want to praise him or you want to complain about it, you'll get what you get, a complaint. And I think we heard that a few times today. So um, I'm really excited about that. That was great on that message because it just preached my message. And um, uh, where is she at? Crystal um, gave my, did my notes tonight, too. So I'll have nothing else to say tonight, uh, really. <laughs> tell you again. I'll tell you again. Anyway. But I also want to remind you, ladies, this weekend is the ladies' breakfast, so um, be ready for that. Um, you see my wife, she's, she's around here trying to get things done. Just be praying for her. Her back has really um, came, under, came under some strain lately. So she's, uh, she says, I'm doing okay. So that's, that's her by faith. And also, uh, just give you some heads up what's coming up. At uh, the end of April, we have our 3D weekend. We're going to be going up to Camp Butman, and we're going to have some time of worship and some time of prayer and some time for personal ministry and also some time to deal with those showstoppers in your life. So that'll be the last weekend of April 27th, 28th, the Friday night to Saturday morning. All information will be released, and you can start signing up this weekend. Okay? And also keep on your calendar, May 20th, the last um, weekend in May, we're going to do our outreach to the military. Uh, we're going to get ahead and do a great big barbecue right out here and on the church grounds. We're going to have a short church, then we're going to go eat a lot. So, And I love eating. So be ready for that. Be ready and start inviting folks. It's our first outreach of the season. Uh, we got some more coming up planned that you're going to really have fun with. So it's time for us to start reaching outside the doors. Don't be scared. Don't stay home that weekend. Bring some people. Amen. It's going to be just not for military. Bring your friends. Tell them they can come grab something to eat. They can eat some spiritual food in here and eat some great food outside. Amen? So I'm really excited about that. So question I have for you. Are you a complainer or are you a praiser? Are you a complainer or are you a praiser? When, when you start getting squeezed, do you complain or do you praise? <laughs> Everybody goes, oh, my, is one of these. Well, I want to share with you about praise and worship is a weapon, and it's a weapon we barely use because sometimes we're so scared what people might think about us, and it's biblical. And I'm going to show you a scripture. The first scripture you're going to is going to be Psalms 149. You're going to see some crazy things in this psalm. And then we're going to go into uh, 2 Chronicles 20, talk about my man, just Jehoshaphat. And then we're going to talk about what uh, Crystal talked about, Paul and Silas, when they were going to do, you know, how many have a hard time when you do the right thing, you wind up getting persecuted anyway? Do you complain or do you praise? <laughs> Usually complain, me too. I'm talking to myself. But really, let's go to um, Psalms 149, starting in verse 6, and we're going to read through verse 9. 
Now, it says, if you get there, in fact, you're going to need your Bibles tonight because I'm going to go through the Bible. I have some notes, guys. Don't be too anxious on these notes because I love when I get into this type. I love Jehoshaphat. I, have, I get screamed when I get done. So, all right. Um, verse 6. It said, let the low praises of God be in their throats. Excuse me? Excuse me. Okay, so on Sunday morning, let the low praises. Excuse me. Okay, now, you're just, you're just held accountable to that. Don't come in here Sunday morning. The high praises. Okay, just checking. Just check and see what the word says. And a two-edged sword in their mouths, in their hands. Sorry, not in their mouths, in their hands. Ouch, right? What's a two-edged sword we talked about a few weeks ago? The word of God. Nothing like a singing, slinging saint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing like that. The devil don't like a singing, slinging saint. Amen? And this is where it gets violent. To execute, um, to execute vengeance on the nations. Punishments on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all the godly ones. Praise the Lord. Now, this is also a messianic psalm to talk about Jesus coming back. But it's also for today. We are called to fight. But we're also called singing soldiers. You read in the Bible, in the Bible, no one went out just to fight without singing first. Even in, if you go to Matthew chapter 26, before Jesus went on the cross, they sung hymns before they went and did what they had to do. See, because praising God is part of our spiritual warfare. And we are singing soldiers. We call the army of the living God. And when you praise God, some, don't you know, when you guys come in here one way and you get in the, in the presence of God by praising and you're worshiping, doesn't something change in you? Something, you know, that spiritual power rising up in you. But see, you don't have to wait until Wednesday night, until Sunday morning. It can happen in your car. It can happen in your house. It can happen any time. If you can sing, it says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say make a perfected noise. It's a noise. Make a noise. Amen? For you non-singers. You can sing. I hear you singing all the time. But think about it. So, let's go one of my favorite scriptures. Second Chronicles 20. Very humble the story of Jehoshaphat. How many know that story? One person raised their hand. Oh, my gosh. That means I got to run through the whole thing. I don't mind doing that. Here we go. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Say amen when you get there. All righty. Right if you're looking for it, it's right by Habakkuk. Just kidding. <laughs> Mine's marked because I love this. This one, I get into a mood. I have, to, I have to read about some of Jehoshaphat. I'm here to tell you. What it is. Again, he's coming off a great dinner. He came in. If you look at verse, chapter 19, Jehoshaphat made some reforms, bringing Israel and Judah back, I mean, Jude, Jerusalem and Judah back into right relationship with God and set up the right things. And guess what shows up? Trouble. Whenever you try to do something great for God, 
and you get on that mountaintop and you come down that valley, what shows up? Capital T, trouble. And this is what happened. Three couple armies, three armies wanted to come against them. And if you're looking at verse uh, three, it says, verse two, it says a great multitude was coming against them. Verse three says, then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord. Man, it's okay to be afraid and seek the Lord. Just don't stay afraid and not seek the Lord. Amen. Okay, here we go. And proclaim a fast throughout Judah and Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from the cities of Judah. And they came to seek the Lord. And they were in the greatest place. They were in the house of the Lord. And he met one of the most powerful prayers. If you look at verse 6, he said, Oh, Lord God of our fathers, you are not God. You are not God in heaven. Aren't you not God in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand, you want to circle this, are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Now, if you look in those days, the temple represent the house of God where God will dwell when he talks about the rest of this. Today's life, guys, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Nothing can withstand our house. Nothing can knock down our house. Sorry, let me put it the right way. If something's trying to press you, it can't kill you because God is inside of you. Nothing can knock down your house. And they knew when they were in the temple praying, same way if you're praying, and something's coming against you. Nothing can knock down your house. Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. On your worst day, he is burning inside of our hearts. Even when you don't feel great. When you have a bad hair day. I don't know what that looks like anymore. <laughs> On the inside of you is the Holy Spirit. Burning. Protecting watching, encouraging, and how do you access him? Through praise, prayer, and worship. He's just that close. In fact, when you're in a bond, he's even closer. When you hear your heartbeat, you can recognize, if you're a born-again believer, that the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ himself, inside of you, watching over you, and making sure you will not get, you might get swayed, you might get pushed, but you're not going to be put down. Come on, somebody. Get down to verse 11. He said, behold, they reward us by coming to drive out your possession. See, you're his possession. That's why I get that line. You always hear my line. Can't touch this. You just can't. I'm his possession. Okay, let's get to it. But he was honest. He said this in verse 12. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but guys, how many been there? You don't know what to do, but do you lose your vision? Don't lose your sight. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on God. It can press you, but don't lose your sight. It's getting good. I haven't got to it yet. Okay. And you got to remember, here we go, I'm going again. You guys are doing good up there in the, in the booth. I love, this is my favorite law. You always hear me all, say this all the time. For the battle's not yours, but whose? Man. So it ain't about you. 
don't take it personal. Okay, let's get to the praise part. That should give you enough to praise before you even get down there, isn't it? See, y'all, you know, you was getting squeezed today, felt like some circumstances was pushing on you. You just got to read that first part. Memorize that first part. You're walking down the street talking to yourself. See who's you talking? Don't worry about it. I'm talking about Jehoshaphat. I'm in his possession. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Here we go. Verse 17, when it really gets good. They, they uh, pray. They're nervous. And God comes down, speaks to a man who speaks directly to them and told him this. You will not need to fight in this battle. Verse 17. Stand firm and hold your position. I said, stand, hold, and see the salvation of the Lord on your, whose behalf? On whose behalf? That's some good stuff last time I checked. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. That's another strong word. He's with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his, with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the Kohathites and the Kohathites stood up to praise the Lord with a small voice. What'd you say, Richard? Who has very loud? You know, I don't know much about, I, I didn't do well in English, but I know adjective. Was that what? Very what? I say it's a lot. Very loud. Okay. Just checking. All right. So when Sammy's saying, give me some praise, don't be, hey. You do it very loud. See, it's biblical. No one's going to throw you out because you got to get over my voice. <laughs> See what's happening here? Y'all didn't know this was in there, did you? Y'all trying to be so nice, church? No, we ain't call to be a nice church. We call to be an army. Before we used to go out, they'd make you rattle things, go crazy. Football players hit their head up against, right, coach? Get them pumped. Whatever it is to get you up, can't stay up. Same thing with saints. Some of y'all go on the campuses. Y'all be in there rallying in the, in, the, in, the, in the prayer room, don't you? It's not, all, Lord, just give us some favor on it. No, y'all getting radical. I know you are because you're about to go into a radical place. Okay, all right. So a very loud voice, we agree with that. And they rose early in the morning and went into the wilderness of Tokyo. Tokyo. And they went out. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, now this is amazing. Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe the Lord and you'll be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, I mean a little meeting with them, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in a holy attire. So I know those were brothers because only we, get it, we always get dressed up before a battle. And they went before the, the army and said, Give thanks for the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. You know, God's steadfast love endures forever, and trials only endure for a moment. But one of the greatest things is when you know that it's God, because thank God there wasn't a person in there and say, Jehoshaphat, is that all you got? We have three armies heading, you know, one of those guys, one of them seminary um, experts. Oh, this all you got? Go out and sing? Are you crazy? Start thinking about it. Right? How many times God tells us to do something just 
completely nuts. And when God, are you crazy? If I, what? Is that the best thing? Sounds crazy on Sunday morning when you come down, when you, you come in here all drooping and, and we sing, sing. Are y'all crazy? You don't understand what's going on in my life. Are you nuts? Sing. Sing. And watch stuff change. Now, if the circumstances around you doesn't change, it doesn't matter. You change. So don't think so much. Because when you don't praise, you think too much. You think about it. Is God going to show up? Yes. Praise him. He didn't think about it a year ago. He just praised the Lord. A lot of us don't, we, we stop thinking so hard. It drives you crazy. Because remember, in due time, God's due time, it's just not ours. So in the meantime, praise him and thank him. Okay. And they went out before the army, before the army. They weren't in the back of the army, before the guys with the weapons. We're going to go out front, Jack. We're going to have, where's my weapon? And when I I have this weapon, I don't need another weapon. Think about it. That's cool, isn't it? God is amazing. Give thanks to the Lord and steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were what? Mine says routed. What did you say? Huh? Smitten. You got that King Jimmy thing, don't you? Yeah, boy. Got that T.D. Jakes model. Smitten. <laughs> That's a strong word, brother. You look that up, smitten. I mean, you're done. You're toast. Anyway. <laughs> Woo. And for the men of Ammon and Moses rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoted them to destruction. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they all help to destroy one another. That's when you hear in Romans 8, says you're more than conquerors. They're more than conquerors because they didn't have to fight. All they had to do was sing. Give you a couple bullets on that. Praise activates faith and faith moves God. When they began to sing, things start to change. If they had a, a, a downfall with fear, they didn't sing. Nothing was going to happen. They won't expect nothing, and God's not going to do nothing. You'll get what you expect. Come on, somebody. It's the God we serve. It's all available, but we have to access it. Second thing was, believing is succeeding. Believe the Lord. Believe his prophets and you will have success. You will succeed. Believing in our lifestyle as believers, believing is seeing. And believing is succeeding. Succeeding. You have, when you believe, you can praise, you can worship, and you'll have success. What kind of success, Pastor Rich? Not my success, the God kind of success. Because that success is a whole lot better than my success. What we get tripped up is we want our success. And the way we think we ought to get there, we might tear something up. 
We relish his success, which is permanent. My shortcut is temporary. So what is his success? I don't really care. Just let me recognize it. And when we praise and we worship God, we recognize it. That moment when we're in here and we're all one sing, you notice it. You feel like, I recognize so much. What was I so worried about? And what you got to do, guys, that's why Christianity is not just a a two-day sport. You got to recognize it Monday morning, Tuesday, Monday afternoon, Monday night. Now, how many verses does it take to get to God? One word, Jesus. That's worship. Because we were created to worship. Not to complain. One of my bosses told us a long time ago, the more you complain, the longer you'll stay there. Change our attitude. When we started praising, we got more work, though. <laughs> we, we left out of there, but we got a lot more responsibility. But the longer we complain, the more we stayed there. And really, when I'm praising him, if I'm complaining him, you know, the time limit could be the same. But through praise, my attitude, I think someone said that today, is a whole lot different. So the time doesn't bother me anymore. Because all I want to be is with the Father. And hear his little pitch to tell me what to do for the moment. Some of you are in waiting. Some of you are in transition. And you're thinking about it. Don't think about it. Spend time worshiping God. Don't try to fix yourself. Don't try to figure this thing out. Worship God and you'll wake up in two two days, three months, whatever, and you'll be different. Because what happens is when you're giving it to him, you're not trying to hold on and think about it. Because if you don't praise him, you'll think about it. If you don't praise, you think. I wonder what that means. Why is that? Why is that happening to me? I'm going to take you to a scripture because we love this scripture, don't we? Because it's all about protection. And God, when we pray, he's going to protect us. What happens when it's about purpose? We don't like that one, do we? Let me show you a couple guys, you know, Paul and Silas. Um, great things. Get a young Lydia. Again, Lydia's born again. About to do great things for God. Do the right thing. Next thing you know, they got a little demon girl running around. This is the guys. And about a few days, Paul finally got upset. Says, in the name of Jesus, come out of here. Now, she was a fortune teller. And all her bosses got a little upset because their income <laughs> was just a minus. <laughs> their balance sheet just went zero. Do you think about this, guys? You believe if, uh, if revival breaks out here in Abilene, you think everyone's going to be happy about it? All these programs that set up to work with people will just have to what? Dissolve. Because the church is doing it. How about it? There's no more crime. And there's foreign countries, just like that. You can go one side of the country or the other. You can see where God is just taking over that nation. And cops don't know what to do because there's nothing to do. They may put in this pink slips. Same thing here. They just made a major economic impact. 
This is Acts chapter 16. Let's go there. And they did the right thing. Man, they did the right thing. Paul and Silas. This is where we all are right now. You do the right thing. Next thing you know, trouble. Trials. And you're wondering, why am I going through this? I hope to answer this before we're done tonight. Now, this is Paul and Silas. Who knows this story about them being in prison? Okay, more people raise their hand. Now, by next week, you all better get your Bible. Now, let me give you, okay, we're going to have a Bible sale in about, probably right after the service. Okay? Yeah. It's free. Let me show you. Back behind this door, it's what I call a lost and found. It's a lot of nice Bibles in there. <laughs> that people lost and they didn't want to bring them back. So when I say, hey, how was your week with the Lord? It was great. No one has your Bibles back here. So if you want a Bible, <laughs> I will open this door. It is free. Just get them off our shelves and use them. Okay, no problem. I'm not trying to convict anybody. That's all right. But if your name is on them, I won't tell nobody. Just go on back there and get you a Bible. Some nice ones, nice leather ones. Oh, man, I tell you, we got men's Bible back there. Nice stuff. Lost and found. Now, Jesus found them, and then everyone just left them. But if you want a Bible, there's no embarrassment here. I won't tell no. Just go get one. It's, hey, it's God's property, right? Okay, then. You just heard it from me. And if you get upset, someone gets upset, his name is Jack Dunn said that. <laughs> That's how I do it. Board member and elder. Hey. Okay, boss. No problem. I just did what I said. I'm a servant. Anyway. <laughs> I know, right? I'm good, ain't I? <laughs> Shift that blame. Learn that, learn that in Adam. <laughs> not me. Not me. Anyway. <laughs> Starting in verse 16, I'm not going to read it. You'll see they get thrown in prison. Slave girl, fortune teller, tore up the economy, putting her down. <laughs> Starting in verse 23. That's what happens when you do good. That's what happens to you. You expect something. No, you wouldn't expect this. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them in prison. Ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison, fastened their feet in the stocks. And what he's talking about is they put them in the inner prison, put them feet, bound them. You could, in those days, you could use wood and laid them down on their backs because they said probably no chairs there. So you're thinking, Paul and Silas, we're going to go change the world. And you can imagine what Pilate, uh, Silas said, I cannot wait to get away from you. Because if you look at the Bible, he had just became his new partner. Like, oh, this is why Mark left. Is this why he left in chapter four? Yeah, that's why he left. I am not hanging with you. Because I just wanted to just save people. I didn't want to get locked up anyway and get, and get beaten. Now, in the Jewish culture, you get up to 40 lashes. And in the Roman culture, they just beat you till you're bleeding without a shirt on. Okay? All right. Got, you got the, uh, got the gist of it? So how many of you complaining right about now? <laughs> See, God, I did not sign up for this. 
And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, see it again, and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to him, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jail, jailer woke up and saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and about to kill himself, supporting the prisoner, supporting, um, supposing the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we're all still here. Now, if everything dropped off the door, dropped off my legs, I got to be real with you, okay? You're on your own. I'm out of here. I mean, <laughs> I mean, now nah, I'm being real, right? You're like, no, I wouldn't do that, Pat. Yeah, you would. We're in America. Every man for himself. <laughs> Until God checks you on this, isn't it? I got checked on this, man. It's something. Would I stop? Okay, but Paul cried, okay, and, he, and the jailer called for lights and rushed in, trembling with fear, fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought him out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Because he recognized something powerful just happened. And only a God of our magnitude can make something powerful happen. What must I do to be saved? And he said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, not just you, in your whole household. And he spoke the words of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. He took them to the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once when he and all his family. Then he stood, then he brought them up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with the entire household that he had believed in God. You know, it's amazing that the guys, they were locked up, bound, but they had peace, and they had joy, and the jailer who was free, was distressed. Sound like the world, doesn't it? Sometimes we forget that we have that. Now he knew if they got out, he had to he, he might as well just kill himself because he's gonna get killed. But you recognize how the world how even though we're going through circumstances, we have that should have that peace and that joy. And the world is supposed to react. I call that for us, we be able to respond. Give you a couple things on this. I love this story. Because we know that praise and worship releases spiritual power. It does. It does. It releases spiritual power. You know how you come in on Sunday mornings, something changes you when you get into praise and worship, and you're ready to just, okay, whatever we got to do. And that thing runs out for a little while, the battery power, I call it. Next thing is I put, you know, sometime I looked at this story, how else were these people going to get brought to Christ? Do you think Paul and Silas was going to walk over to the jail and present Christ to them? That's the hard part of trials, guys. Sometimes God is more concerned about the bigger picture than he is about your problem. You might be going through a trial, but guess what? In your worst, in your worst, it might be for somebody else's benefit. You notice when they sung and it was pleasant, earthquake came. And the prisoners didn't even run. They stayed. You might be going through something. Why, God, am I going? The bigger picture is someone's watching you go through it. And how you go through it is going to set them free on who the real Jesus Christ is. Because they want to know 
who you are when stress comes upon you, when turmoil comes upon you, who is standing from being the prisoner to becoming the prophet directing the traffic. When the economic meltdown is coming, who is going to stand and be the ones that said it's going to be all right because Jesus Christ has never let us go hungry? The bigger picture. Have you recognized? Have you been praying to get out of it? Or have you been praying to look around and say, what is this doing that is going to affect everyone else? Because, guys, God is about everyone else. Remember I said? They were able to lay down in the cold, feet bound, and sing. Now, I'm not going to talk about America. Laid down, beaten, hurting, and prayed and sung. When we have a bad day, we don't want to come out the bathroom. And I don't think any of us got beaten, bound, and thrown in the inner prison. See? And the response was amazing. These men of God, and that's what that jailer saw. First, the earthquake. These guys, something. I know I'm serving the wrong God. How come they have so much peace? How come they got so much joy? Because we have a reservoir of the Holy Spirit in us. You can be crushed, but it cannot kill the fire. External circumstances cannot destroy your peace and your joy. It shouldn't. Because what's in, who's inside you is stronger than that's outside of you. I did an accident investigation. And Donna and I went out to San Antonio and we do we had to do investigate an aircraft crash and we had to go out there sometime. The bodies are there, right there in the seat. And someone will go to a horrific crash. And do you know how much well our God created us? We'll crash into a field. Couldn't eject. You come up to the crash site. We saw it on film. You find the person in the seat holding the stick, trying to pull back whatever he was trying to do. Bruised, busted up. But you know, that didn't kill him because he was able, our body can stand so many forces. God created so special that we can withstand a lot of force. Do you know what usually kills him? And it blew our mind when we heard it. He says, when your heart cavity, our heart's hanging on the balance with one little uh, muscle. When the heart breaks off, that's what killed them. You know what kills saints? When your heart. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Kills you, but you look perfect. You look like how God created you. But the only thing that can kill us is when we lose heart, when we lose faith, when we lose, we let the circumstances take our joy. See, it's an eternal thing. 
We're so busy trying to fight the external thing. It's the eternal thing. You can't lose your joy because we talked about that a few weeks ago. Jesus gave it to us, and no one can take it away. But the only thing that can wipe us out is a sick heart. Guys, don't lose your heart. You have the Holy Spirit of God in you. Remember, God Almighty, we just talked about it. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides in us. You can break my arm. You can break my my knee. You can hurt my back. But you can't take my heart and my belief. As long as I continue to believe, I succeed. You can mess with my head, but you can't take my heart. See, Jesus got messed with here on earth, but you didn't. You know, the joy set before him. <laughs> How do you still have joy? You're about to get beaten, and your best guy is going to run off and deny you. He wasn't going to get beaten. They just asked him a question. How do you keep that joy? Because you knew the Father was just oh so close. Guys, you got to recognize the Father, this view, is all so close. So close. He's inside of you. You're strong enough to withstand anything. Because you're more than a conqueror. What will kill you is if you lose your heart and it breaks off. You break off that relationship with God because you can't take the pressure. Don't let external take away the eternal. Amen. Read these stories. They're there for us. And God will show you some more things. Praise and worship is our greatest weapon because it don't cost us nothing except our sacrifice of praise. And when you don't feel like it, that's when you do it the most. And that's turn on your stuff in your car. And now we got iPods. Man, y'all got it made before we had the old record player and the 8-track. Now you got it. Pop it on in. <laughs> Let's stand. How many love God tonight? How many are heroes tonight? I only heard two amens. You're all heroes. You're all champions. We're working on a song that's going to become our theme here at Grace Point Church. You are champions. And you'll hear that for the next 25 years. As long as my heart don't give out. Father God, we come to you right now.